and uh, thanks for having me. Um, so I suppose I think the title was Authenticity in Journalism and the Battle for It. Um, I thought today what would be useful is really to, the story of Vice, which is our work for Vice News, is in a way partly that, that sort of battle for authenticity. Um, so I thought I'd start with what is Vice. Um, so Vice it was a magazine in the 1990s, came out of Canada. And it's one of those sort of, if you want, countercultural magazines, lots of music, lots of attitude, uh, lots of uh, subculture. Um, and it's grown and grown and grown. As a, first as a magazine, it grew and became more popular. It's free, it's advertising-led. And then it went online about a decade ago. And uh, when it went online, it grew very, very quickly because it hit the moment where being online uh, and the generation is looking at things online, it's matched. Uh, and Vice has sort of exploded since then. So from going online uh, with Vice, effectively the magazine online, uh, we've now got a music channel, a food channel, we've got a news channel, which I'll talk <coughs> in some depth about. Uh, we've got Vice.com, which is the effective report to all the other offerings. So if you go and um, go online, you'll see now what a large sort of undertaking Vice is global. Uh, and it's aimed at uh, under 35s. As you can see, I'm a representative <laughs> of, uh, of that. Um, and the biggest thing that's happened to us in the last few years is that we launched a news channel. So what happened is, and I will see if this landscape works, it does. Um, what happened was, it's about two to three years ago, uh, when I was still sitting in legacy media running dispatches, um, people at Vice um, noticed that when they put up long form, hard to watch, if you want, current affairs and news videos, they got a large audience. And that audience was very young and it stayed engaged for a very long time. And that was entirely the opposite experience if you're sat inside a television organisation. Because you spent your time worrying about the ageing audience. Channel 4 is the same as the BBC. The audience is ageing, and particularly hard to attract to news and current affairs as a young audience. So of course, highly paid executives like me sat in the room scratching our heads, blaming anybody under 35, because they're probably out taking drugs or just out doing something. They <laughs> <laughs> clearly were not interested in the world. And, so, you know, and, and it, was, it was one of those things where nobody actually stopped and said, well, just a minute, is it what we're doing? Is it what we're making? Is it how we're making it? Is it what we're offering? Is that anything to do with the fact that nobody's coming to our stuff in large numbers? No, we decided it was actually Generation Y just coming. So Vice, because it had grown out of the web and had grown out of the magazine onto the web and then had this already large web audience, noticed something. But lots of other people haven't really noticed. But actually there was, there was a, a, a real thirst, a real hunger for news, current affairs, factual documentary. Uh, and out of that, no, just noticing that, we came and put a thing about Egypt. And it was sort of Egypt during the sort of Morsi time. And it was something like 35 minutes long. So again, on the internet, people were watching these really long pieces of hardcore current affairs. Again, counterintuitive because, of course, the internet's all about three minutes, attention span, move on. Well, actually, strangely, this is not what was happening. So we noticed that, and we started to work out whether, in fact, it was really a global offering, a news offering, that we could try and somehow 
enter the market and, and confound all that thinking, really. That's all we did. Um, and so uh, a year ago, we launched uh, Vice News. So what we did was took what I think Vice had learned really well, which is this authenticity point, which is that Vice reaches down into and reports on and is always being in touch with what's really going on out there and listens to what's on the street, if you want. And we just really just kept that going into the news, you know, our version of news current affairs documentary. So we decided on an immersive uh, approach, one that showed warts and all, shows you how the practice of journalism works, um, as well as the journalism itself. Um, the storytelling is about the hosts, reporters, how they're experiencing and interpreting events that are going on around them in an honest, open, often sometimes ragged, ragged, sometimes unmanaged way. All the things that current, particularly television news, current affairs, isn't. Because that's managed, it's formatted, it's very old formatting that's now sort of past its sell date. The last time that news current affairs got any sort of new impetus was satellite television, so 20 years ago. So rolling news was the last thing that really happened to news and current affairs until the internet. So we have come out of understanding what the internet, how it's used, who uses it, what they want from it. So we stand sort of in a way looking at the legacy sort of media <coughs> You know, the reason people aren't coming to you is because they're not waiting for you to put a super tie on the sitting studio and tell you what the news is today. Because that's the past. The news now happens everywhere. It happens on Twitter before it happens in a BBC newsroom. People look everywhere now for their news sources. So out of that sort of thinking came Vice News. Um, so we launched, uh, I think it's still in beta, it says on our site. So we launched a year ago. Um, and if I can do this right, you can see that's a, what might be called a brand reel. <laughs> uh, um, so, um, but we are, uh, the, uh, you can fact check, we are the fastest uh, growing uh, news channel on YouTube. Uh, I think we'll just turn the first million video views and um, the Islamic State documentaries on 20 million video views. So we, we, you know, we think we're on to something. Um, we, we sort of kept to the, the sense of that immersive, authentic sense of our reporters and, and producers go and find out for themselves and try and interpret it for you. That's the key thing about why I think we've sort of grown so quickly in that authenticity that isn't offered. I think before, the battle was often over trust. Do you trust your broadcaster? Do you trust your newspaper? And I think what the challenge now is, is actually, yes, you might trust the BBC for some things. Yes, you might go to the companies, but you know, people are much more aware of how that's packaged, where the BBC sits in that pantheon. And actually, people are now looking for other sources. People now do not go at a moment, as, as was always argued, at a moment of national crisis to the BBC. Actually, people go to lots of places now, and they're making judgments about what's authentic and what they think is real. I think that's, that's been the shift. And that's come at a time with the shift in where does news break? News breaks on Twitter. You know, news doesn't break in the newsroom. It doesn't even break the strings. 
and I'm sure on the BBC or CNN sending things in. It's actually someone's always nearer the story than one of your reporters. And that is also one of the fundamental shifts that I think we've tried to embrace. So a lot of our journalists, particularly we've, we've done a lot on jihadism, a lot of our journalists are you know, very expert in Twitter, finding stories on Twitter about jihadists because that's actually where a lot of Islamists will communicate or WhatsApp. Or, so using different forms to find stories and then chase them down. But once we go somewhere, um, the point of going there is to be on the street. It's not to be on the balcony over, overlooking um, Euromaran uh, in, um, in Kiev. It's to be in the street trying to find out what's going on and having the camera unfold that. And then we do that in several different ways. You know, we do that with, we do like some sort of live broadcasting. We do lots of other types of trying to, trying to bring what feels real and unmediated to the audience. I think that's, again, another important uh, thing we're trying to striving for, this sense that um, if, if you look around at most news and current affairs on terrestrial scheduled television, uh, it's soundbites and it's packaged into formats because it fits into schedules. So again, we're on the web, great thing for me if I commission a film, I can stop it at seven and a half minutes if it's boring. That's it. That's the seven and a half minutes of a good film. It doesn't have to be pushed, crushed down to two minutes, and it doesn't have to run an hour to fit the hour. I used to, when I used to run dispatches, <coughs> possibly half the films of the year you probably thought didn't get to make the hour, but you had an hour to film. So this is a much more flexible medium. And I think people get that. They get that really quickly. That your, your journalism is great. That was a really good 15 minutes, but why did you make me watch the last 25 minutes? So I think that's all changed as well. This is, we're very flexible. Um, and I think the other thing we've done, um, again, is we haven't done that thing about chasing the football like the kids do on the pitch, you know, where you look at the news agendas. I mean, and I thought the British election was a very good example of it. The news agenda is incredibly narrow, uh, and it was managed. <coughs> managed partly by the parties, but also you know there's a, a degree of, of being managed because of the, the schedules, the need for the photo opportunities, because of sort of complicity with the broadcasters. We don't do that. You know, we don't need to do any of that. And, and I think again, that adds freshness to what we're trying to do. We're not trying to play anybody's game, playing our own game. So that's why again. In any one day, we might be putting up four or five videos and 10 or 15 pieces of editorial. And some will be on the news cycle, and some will be just what we think is important. And we'll commit resource to going to Western Sahara to look at a forgotten polisarian war, as much as we'll be trying to get in, in and around Syria. So that, I think, adds to the sense of that we're offering, uh, we have a fresh, a fresh offering as well. I think the other thing we noticed about that, we're on YouTube, so we've got a YouTube channel where you can see everything. You know, everything we've done over the last year sits there for you. It doesn't get lost. Um, it, if you want to look at our 100-odd Ukraine dispatches, there they are on the line. That shows your commitment to Ukraine. So um, the whole idea of being on the web is just sort of given us a sort of whole new impetus. And I think also where you see others coming reversing into that, you'll see the big uh, media conglomerates, CNN, reversing into the web. And, oh, we've got web and we do this, then. 
We actually understand it because our audience came out of that culture first. So we're building out from what we know they are and who they are, not trying to tempt people in with this sort of, look, we've got a shiny website. We actually haven't got a very shiny website, and we don't have a very shiny YouTube channel because actually people come in at us in different ways, and then they're sharing the content in different ways. So having a highly polished front door is no longer what you need. So Facebook shares, uh, Twitter shares, those are the things. Social media is the key to our extension. So we are going to grow. Um, we started headquarters in New York for Vice News um, and second, uh, second biggest office in London. London's in the news service of the world. So um, we are very busy. Um, and then we're expanding. Uh, we, we run a uh, Spanish language. We've got Spain, which is also connected to Mexico, which is also connected into Latin America. So we're going to be expanding more across Europe and also into more key regions as well. Uh, again, it's quite a flexible operation. It's easy to reach out and get material and material that we want. We also work with a, a large number of freelancers who are very knowledgeable on the ground and we commission work as well. So we do that. Um, that appears to be a latest um, where we are today. Um, I think that was a bit, that was a bit from the... Uh, the video as well, but as of today, so 242 million video views in a year is pretty good going, um, and the subscribers is, 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 is you know, showing that we seem to have touched them. Uh, these are obviously dwarfed by if you went and looked at our BBC Rich or something. You know, this so this is about we've 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 won some awards for the Peabody, which is a large American award. Uh, for the Islamic State film. Um, we, what we do editorially is we commit to areas, we've committed to Syria. And so, if you, again, if you Google Syria on our site, you'll find, I don't know, 100 pieces on Syria. It's a real commitment going back and back and back. 100 non dispatches in Ukraine, which we just think is one of the most important things. So, those for us are really important that we get known for something and that we're also seeing not to move away like the news agenda moves on. And we go, well, actually, no, the news agenda didn't move on for people in Ukraine. It remained. So we'll, we'll stay with you. So that's been, I think, an important thing. We, again, the feedback is, is that people really connect with that sense of commitment, a, a commitment to things. Um, we're in the middle of making a full-length uh, feature documentary about um, the Silk Road which is the, if anybody knows, the drugs network, the American authorities busted. And I think the guy behind it, Ross Ulbrich, is about to be sentenced. We're doing an a international contradiction feature documentary. So we do do traditional things as well. Um, this, is, this should be, I hope, um, a little bit more key content just to give you a sense of what we've done with this. So that's, um, that's sort of us. Um, and as I say, this year we are going to expand again. We've got um, extra in investment and also slightly as a challenge for us. Um, HBO in America have asked us to make a daily show. Uh, so after saying all the stuff about formatting, <laughs> formatting <laughs> schedules, um, we'll be, uh, which is really, I think, a fun challenge for us, which is how to capture this, the spirit of how we go about our journalism. 
and put that into a daily, a daily show that has to appear half an hour uh, for in America is going to be a really interesting challenge for us because I think uh, we've had this great freedom so far um, uh, on, on the web. Um, I just thought I'd put that up because um, if I can read this correctly, um, even the Reuters Institute uh, <laughs> 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 seems to have noticed this. So, um, so uh, I mean, that's sort of us. I mean, it, it, the, the thing, uh, I think the thing, the thing that I've learned, because obviously I was in legacy media, uh, is, is that what's happened is there's been a collision between the liberation of technology the way that people use and consume information. And it's all come about very quickly. Um, and that has left a lot of legacy media in catch-up. Um, and they can cling to notions of trust. They can cling to all of those things. Um, that's not going to be enough to save them. You know, and that's why I think authenticity, being, being trusted, but also being there and showing actually the raw and rather more ragged way in which the world is. You've seen from a lot of our footage we go to places that are very difficult. But you know, we also go to sort of Bangladesh film or the, the um, you know, Jamaican game film. We go to places that are very you know, challenging. But I think also we come back and say, well, actually, there are lots of challenging, difficult things here uh, that aren't easily um, put into two minutes, 30, and uh, throw it back to the studio. I think that's where we sit in this sort of... And I think what we notice from, and the great thing about having an intimate connection with the audience, because it tells you online what it thinks, is the audience appreciates that. The audience just isn't spoken down to. The reporters are of the age of the people who are consuming it. When they write, they're very good journalists, they write in a language that they want to write in. And I think all of that feels like a sort of... like a leap, like a step change. Uh, from where we've been for quite a long time. Okay, thank you very, very much.